How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Rockcast, brought to you by Onyx Hunt Maps. Jordan here, and uh, today we have another throwback episode for you. This one is back when we first started, I think it was like episode four or five, and is with Casey Johnson talking about grizzly bears and hunting in grizzly bear country and bear awareness, and with shed seasons going on, spring seasons happening, bears are starting to roam some more, and there's starting to be a lot more run-ins. So uh, with that, we're going to turn it over and talk to Casey. Thanks for hopping on, man. Yeah, thanks, Jordan. Good to, good to be here. Yeah, so I thought we'd just start out, like, just kind of do an introduction of yourself and, and what you do and kind of where you hunt. Yeah, so I live in Cody, Wyoming. Um, I, I started guiding in Alaska seven years ago. I went up there as a fishing guide, and uh, I knew it was just a foot in the door to become a hunting guide up there. And so I, I did that for a little bit and then moved into the hunting guide stuff. And so now I do, we do, um, bears in the spring. We do grizzly and black bear both in the spring. I've done some peninsula stuff up there, uh, currently, uh, just taking over a bear baiting operation up there. Just got my outfitters license. And so I'm taking that over. And then in the fall, I'm start out with sheep in the Brooks range. And then uh, go back to Wyoming, do some elk and mule deer stuff, and then back up to Alaska for mountain goats, and then um, back home to try and get in some personal hunting for myself before uh, the show season starts. So it's uh, definitely up and back and up and back, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's it's uh, very awesome to be out there in the wild and, and get to see all different parts of the country. So yeah, it's 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 pretty awesome. We we uh, we took an all night road trip back from the sheep show to Cody one night, and we just that's kind of where you and I hit it off just talking about geez hunting from one end to the other is just it was it was pretty cool yeah and and you know just like that you know meeting people and going to the shows and mm-hmm. and just being a part of the hunting community it really is just changed my life and opened my eyes to a lot of different opportunity and it's it yeah it's awesome yeah yeah me's me as well I can relate to that that's pretty cool um what are the two companies like the the Alaska company and then the i know what they are but yeah. so so alaska outfitters unlimited um aaron bloomquist runs that one him and i are kind of uh changing gears um and kind of going into some partnership stuff um in different areas um and then i'm starting my own company up there new age outfitters um so that's going to be coming out here pretty quick and then uh, i guide back in wyoming i guide for the wood river ranch um, so we have a place just outside of Cody, just South Cody, um, in unit 63, 62, um, do a lot of elk stuff down there. So yeah. Wicked, wicked elk units. I think they're full of bears. Yeah. yeah but we're pretty spoiled. <laughs> we're pretty spoiled. <laughs> yeah. So that, that whole bear thing is kind of what I wanted to talk about. And since kind of, since you, we, ca- I want to talk about the prevention. I think nobody really talks about it till after something happens and then you just hear kind of the horror story. Um, but I think they do kind of, like you said, before we hopped on, like bears, they kind of get a bad rap and people will just, they, you know, they'll kind of, they won't go just because there's bears there, which I, I can understand there's some fear there for sure. But, um, I don't think it should completely keep somebody from going. No, no, I agree. I think that there's steps you can take and, and just be prepared. And, you know, it's it's just as much for the bears as it is, as it is for us. You know, it's it's not fair for, for us to go up in there and be negligent and, 
and uh, put the bear in a bad situation either. You know, we need to go up there and, and leave as little trace as possible and be respectful of the, of the woods and, and all the animals that live there. So, you know, there's, there's policies and plans in place where you can go up in there and you can have a good time and be safe. And of course you're always going to have the off chance that you're going to bump something or you're going to get in between a sow and a cub. And you know, that's, that's going to happen once in a while, but you know, it's, it's not the norm and it doesn't happen every day. As long as you have your head on straight and you are paying attention and, and you have your plan and you're sticking to it, you know, it's, there is a way to be safe up there. Yeah, for sure. So the first thing I wanted to, to cover just more off of a, I think it's kind of intriguing is like the differences that you see in bears in Wyoming, like in the lower 48 and then in Alaska, like they're how they sure, treat people, sure. I guess. Yeah. So I've, I've been around both of them quite a bit. And the difference that I see is, is just the fear of humans in the lower 48, the bears that I've been around for the most part, they're not afraid. They, they'll look right at you and just kind of, lumber away, you know, whereas in Alaska, if you come up on a bear for the most part, if they smell you or see you, they're going to run as fast as they can away from you. Um, and I think that that has a lot to do with hunting, but I think it also has to do with just the density of humans. They, they're the bear area in around the greater Yellowstone area, you, you know, they're running into people, they're seeing people quite often. And so they get kind of used to them in a way, whereas in Alaska, it's so vast. And a lot of the bears that we're coming up on have never seen a human. They just know that that's not right. And that's not something that they want to be a part of. So they're gone. So I, I think that it has a lot to do with population density as well as um, hunting them and not hunting them. I think so for sure. I, I don't know. I, when I was filming over there, so I filmed for probably four seasons. I mean, pretty like, you know, back-to-back hunts for four seasons and man, we didn't really have a run in. Like there was, there was one time we were in camp we woke up the next morning and there was some fresh snow and there was bear tracks that went around our tents. Um, not that close. I mean, 50 yards maybe. So not, I mean, not, you know, not like right next to the tent, but other than that, like we saw bears, but they were up high looking for moths and uh, we didn't really have a run in, but, you know, we always did things like you were saying, safety things to prevent that kind of thing from happening. And I, things happen like you, you know, walk around a corner in dense timber and there's a sow and cubs, like you can't, I mean, that's just, there's just a chance that that's going to happen. You just have to be prepared for it. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of was going to be my next thing is, um, I'm sure you get a ton of questions about just what are the, I guess the most questions you get from people wanting to hunt in grizz country? It's probably, you know, kind of based around fear, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of what I see is people just haven't been around them. So they hear all these horror stories of the grizzly attacks and this and that. Well, you know, thousands of people go into these mountains every year and you might have one or two attacks a year. And so, like I said earlier, it's not the norm, but People are just, it's just that chance that that could happen. Well, I could also get struck by lightning or I could also get in a car accident, but I don't yeah. go out. I don't not go driving because it could happen, you know? So yeah, it's, it's more so just like not knowing them, just that unknown, not, ever, not knowing about the animal, not ever being around the animal is it makes it scary. So, you know, and uh, we have, we have a lot of stuff where in, we're in Alaska and we're 
20 yards or we're 15 yards from these bears. And you just, you just know them, I guess you get to know the, you get to know them, you get to know their mannerisms, you know what they're, um, or you get confident with them and maybe someday I'll get eaten by a grizzly bear because of that. But, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just that unknown. I think for people that get, it's the big scary beast, you know, and, and once you've been around them, they're not as scary as long as, as long as you're paying attention and you know, you know, kind of the big deal. But yeah, I mean, a lot of people ask me, well, where can I go that there's not grizzlies? And, you know, there's lots of places you can, but there's a lot of good hunting where it is in grizz country and you can't let that define mm-hmm. your life. So, so, you know, you don't want to pass up those, those good units just because there's grizzlies living there. And a lot of the elk units, a totally, lot of the good elk totally units agree. in Wyoming definitely have grizzlies in them. So no. I'm not about to pass yeah. that and up. So I don't know. Like I said, like I, you know, I haven't spent as many falls in there like as you guys have, but we really didn't have, I mean, there was a lot of days that we were up there and we didn't have a single run in. Um, so it's just like, it's not, it's not like you see right. bears. On an average yeah. year, I've only, I only see maybe six to 10 grizzlies on, in a whole hunting season, you know, and that's not to say that they're not more in the trees and stuff, but where we get in the, the issue and where a lot of the attacks happen is once that animal hits the ground, then that, then you're in more danger. And that's when you really need to be vigilant about paying attention, making sure somebody's watching, making sure that you're not just have your head down going on, going to work on that animal and, and have that bear come up behind you or something like that, you know, and, and as outfitters up there, our problem is we have our honey holes. So we go up in there and we might kill three or four elk in the same drainage. Well, that's definitely going to bring bears in. So then you really have to be paying attention because you know, they're going to be there. And that doesn't that, like I said, I'm not going to stop going to those honey holes because there's grizzlies there. You know, the, the elk, the elk know that they're there and, and it, they don't usually mess with the elk, with the live ones, you know, they don't run them off or anything. I actually, funny story. I actually, two years ago, I, we saw a big bull and he's down in the bottom of this drainage and it was the last night of archery season. And, and I, he's comes out right at sunset and, and we, there's just no way we're going to have time to get to him. And I, I said, to my buddy or my client, I said, man, where's a grizzly bear when you need one? And literally 15 <laughs> seconds later, a big boar grizzly pops out right behind this like 390 class bull. And that bull turned around and looked at that bear like at 15 yards, like, what are you going to do about it? And I was like, dang oh. it. Like, <laughs> like I was hoping he would run from him. Nope. He looked right, looked him right in the eye and just stood his ground. And so we ended up going, going back to the camp without an elk. So it was, it was pretty funny, but. <laughs> it's not what I thought would have thought would have happened either. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think uh, hunting in grizzly country takes a little bit of extra, maybe logistical planning. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as like our, our setup and everything, you know, we're using bear fences, we're hanging our food, you know, we, we put up bear fences around our camp at night. And when we're gone during the day, those bear fences are on and we, and then when we're leaving, obviously we're, and at night we're hanging our food up in the, in trees and stuff like that. And that's, that's not necessarily just to keep us safe. Like those bears still might come in, but it's more so to keep the bear safe. You know, I don't want him coming in and eating that food and getting used to doing that and then going into everybody's camp because he got it one time. I want to make sure that yeah. that bear's taken care of and he's safe just as much as I want myself to be safe. So, you know, you take those precautions. Um, you know, obviously 
you don't want to leave trash laying around. We always make all of our clients, even your toothpaste, even your, any of your toiletries, stuff like that, anything that smells and all that is going in a locked box or it's going and getting hung in a tree. Um, we have bear boxes, we have, um, you know, bear containers, coolers that are, that are bear proof, that are getting locked every night, that are getting locked before gone out of camp, everything like that, just to make sure that they're not going to be getting into anything. All right, everybody, we will return to the regular programming here in just a second, but I want to go through and thank our sponsors who help bring this content to you. So first up, Onyx Hunt Maps, been with us for a long time. If you use code ROCKCAST at checkout for 20% off, you, yeah, will get a discount on whichever subscription you choose, whether that is just the uh, the $30 one state or go with the $100 elite and get all the states um, information and, and all the things like that. Uh, we just drew Montana, so I have not been up to where we are going to go, so I've been dropping pins and using it like crazy. But yeah, Rockcast uh, for 20% off of Onyx Hunt Maps. Next up, uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company, helping... Um, Tons of people stay caffeinated during the day on and off the mountain. If you use code ROCKSLIDE at checkout, you will get 20% off your first order. Go-tos for backcountry hunters, definitely their um, instant coffees. They're, you can just take them with you, heat up water, toss that in. There's no, um, like there's no, you're not dripping coffee or anything like that that takes a long time. It's literally instant. It tastes really good. It, it, it dissolves like super, super quick. And it's just a great go-to for the backcountry. So uh, you can get on and get 20% off in order of those at Black Rifle Coffee Company. And next up, a super cool new partner that we have on is ActiveJunkie.com. I've seen, I had seen a lot of posts on the forums about Active Junkie and how people were using it to save money. And and uh, anyways, this has all kind of come full circle. And basically what they're doing is ActiveJunkie.com is a website that you can get on, sign up for a free account. And they, on the website, they have like 1,500 different, uh, like, between brands and retailers, small and big, they have like 1,500, you know, logos, if you will, on their website that you can go uh, click through to and purchase from that store or brand, and then ActiveJunkie.com will give you cash back uh, for buying through their website. So how it works, you hop on. Uh, sign up for the free account, go to a brand that you would like to purchase from, you click through the Active Junkie uh, website right to that store, go on, make a purchase, it takes you right to the store, so the store is not different, it takes you right to the retailer that you want to purchase from, you make your purchase like normal, that retailer processes the order, sends it to you exactly like normal, but on the Active Junkie side, you will get cash back from your purchase through that store because you purchased it through the Active Junkie website. And they do that not through points that you have to use in their own store or with their own brands. They direct deposit into your PayPal account or they cut you a check and send it in the mail. They do that like every 90 days. So 
really good way to save some money and um, stack on some deals. Also with, uh, you can use like coupon codes and things through that specific retailer, you know, and then take advantage of the cash back. So you can really stack things on, save a lot of money. Uh, Some of the heavy hitters real quick. Uh, They've got Cabela's, Shields, Sportsman's Warehouse. There's Sierra Trading Post. Um, There's also some big brands like Under Armour, uh, Nike. They also have Lowe's, which is going to come in really clutch uh, for home improvement stuff for us. And then they even have Booking.com. So if you're going to book a... Uh, if you're going to book a trip, you can get on booking.com is 3% cash back. Um, all of the retailers and brands are a little bit different, but you can get up to 20% cash back. So if you can find a retailer to purchase the item you want to, that gives you 20% cash back. Uh, you can really stack on and save some money. So, uh, it's really great. I'm actually about to go through Cabela's and purchase a fold-out overland shower that I'm going to put in our travel trailer that we um, have constructed. So uh, activejunkie.com, go to forward slash rock slide, and they have a whole rock slide page set up for all of you to check out. And then last but not least, First Light Clothing. Gosh, I've been using First Light for a really long time now and been working with them professionally. Um, for a few years now. And I think back when I came on to Rockslide, which was probably five years ago, six years ago, gosh, it might, could even be longer, but it's right in there. Uh, the very first review that I did for the website was with the First Light Alturis Corgit, um, or uh, First Light Alturis Guide Pant, which is a women's hunting pant from First Light that they still have. It's an absolute great pants bomber. Um, they have a ton of new things coming out, new cool products in the 2022 uh, season lineup. A couple that they've released already is the um, Origin hoodie, which is like a, a really like functional mid-layer fleece. And then they just released their new Omen rain gear, which I used in Alaska and is absolutely kick-ass. So go check them out at firstlight.com. as far as like in the field goes, you just have, you have, usually we have a dog like too. Uh, that'd be another thing I would say, like when we're traveling on horses and we have a big pack string, we usually have a dog out front and that's not a bad idea. You know, some people don't like hunting with their dog or whatever, but you know, you can always leave the dog at camp or whatever you need to do. But that really, really helps because nine times out of 10, that dog's going to see that bear before you do. And same with the horses. The horses will usually see it or smell it before you have, have any idea that there's a bear there. Yeah. A couple of years ago, we were up east or west of Cody hunting deer and we were hunting with Josh Martolio and he, he, was, he said, well, last week uh, there was a bear that kind of just a kind of a younger a bear that kind of snuck up on him basically and the dog caught Mm -hmm. it and you know when the dog started growling the bear was 30 yards behind him well they're all in their glass looking the opposite direction um and i think i'm pretty sure he he thinks that that was the bear that was climbing all over that horse trailer and i think they ended up (laughs) they ended up killing him but he he thought that was the same bear because that was at pretty close to the same trailhead i guess it's kind of funny but yeah they're kind of a mischievous creature really yeah (laughs) <laughs> let's see so yeah camp food regulations just kind of like you you said we put like everything vitamins um like 
why I would bring um, wipes just to, they were even unscented, but I would bring wipes, to, you know, to like take a mock shower or whatever. And I would even put those away because they, you know, they still have a little bit of a, a scent to them. It would suck to come yep. back and your tent's torn apart with freaking uh, <laughs> baby wipes everywhere. <laughs> so embarrassing. Yep. Yeah. So just, yeah, we always put all that stuff away. But what are, um, do you know the Game and Fish rules? Or I guess it's the Forest Service that has those rules, how far it has to be off the ground and away from the tree? Well, we have actual poles in our camps that, that the Forest Service installed um, so they're kind of like a meat pole. We have a meat pole that's 200 yards out of our camp. And then we also have one in our camp that is for actually hanging food and everything. And I would say that it's, I don't know, 20 feet off the ground. And I think it's got to be like six feet out from the tree. Yeah. Um, you know, don't quote me on those exact, but you know, that like ours is definitely 20 feet off the ground or so. And then, you know, it's 12 foot wide. So we put it right in the middle of that. And we've actually had bears come up and climb on top of our meat pole and try to get to it or reach out and try and get it, you know, swinging so that they can, can grab it. But yeah, definitely. And that's a black bear obviously. But, but uh, now as long as you do that and you hang it up there in those, then it's not really a big deal. So, and, and same with like, if we shoot an elk and we can't get back to it until the next day, we'll go ahead and quarter that animal out and hang it up in a tree um, you know, out on a big overhanging limb and then just tie it off. And that way we know that that meat's safe until the next day. Yeah, that was kind of my, my next question. What, what else would you tell people to do with that meat? Like get it, how far do you try to get it like away from the carcass and like kind of in the open and do you leave like t-shirts or whatever around it? Yeah. Yeah. So I've done all of that for sure. Um, I try to, you know, the bet, the more, the better, but I try to get it get it away, you know, leave the, the gut pile and everything in the wide open, let, let them get there and let that be the easy low hanging fruit, if you will, and, and move your quarters and everything, get it away where that, the scent that they're going to smell and the majority of that scent is going to be that gut pile, you know, so I'll, I'll get it away a couple hundred yards at least, and then get it up in a tree. Um, and yeah, I definitely have, I've definitely laid my, shirt or hung my shirt in a tree or, you know, whatever, just to put a little bit of human scent out there. Um, and I don't know if that works or not, but I, but I definitely have done that just, just as a Mm -hmm. precautionary deal. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you can get it a couple hundred yards, I mean, it's better if you can get it out of the field that day, but you know, that's not always the case if you're, if you're hunting later into the night and stuff like that. So take what you can get the rest of it hung up in a tree and, uh, yeah, just more so than anything is just pay attention. Just don't, don't let them surprise you. Yeah, I think definitely the paying attention part. It's easy to get, you know, when you're working on an elk, it's easy to get really focused in on that. Try not to cut your finger off. And yep. they, those bears are quiet too. Like people think, oh, oh they're a big bear. You can hear them coming. No, you cannot. No, no, no. no. And, you know, and another thing that I would say too is, if you shoot an elk and he dies right on the trail, don't leave that elk right there. Don't, don't gut him right on the trail. That's not fair for other people that are coming up behind you that have no idea that that gut piles there. And all of a sudden there's a bear right on the trail. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you have the chance, get it off the trail, even if it's a hundred yards, get it off the trail, get it somewhere where somebody's going to be able to see that carcass coming from a little ways away and not be surprised. You know, you don't want somebody coming around the corner 
and having a bear on a kill, especially because then they're territorial. That's their kill, not yours. And, you know, you don't want pe- other people getting in a bad situation because of something that you left on the trail. So that that is another thing that I would say. Get it off the trail. Yeah, definitely not. That's good. That's a good thing to throw in there. Um, with quarters, like, you know, if we're if we're backpacking and I guess we kill an elk and we're going to debone it, would you take the quarters off and pack them away a little ways and then debone or would you just do it right there? I would try to try to eliminate any, you know, you don't want to have like another site and then move your meat out. You know, I would get all your work done right there at the carcass and yeah. And then, and then, uh, you know, get your, get the meat away, but yeah, you don't want to like have a pile here, have a pile over here and then take your meat. You you know, I would try to eliminate as much of that scent as possible. Leave it right there at the, at the gut pile. Okay, cool. Good to know. Dang. What else? Oh, uh, this is a big one. Uh, spray versus like taking a, a pistol. Yeah. So I do both. I, I carry both. Um, I guess I, I look at it a couple of different ways. I mean, I think that people should do whatever they think they're comfortable with, whatever they think they're proficient with, they're going to be the fastest with whatever they feel that they can be effective. I feel like I practiced a lot more with a pistol than I ever have with bear spray. You know, I've, I've shot bear spray off a couple of times, but I don't, I look at it in the situation where I've practiced with my pistol a lot. I'm very proficient with it. I feel very comfortable with it. I feel like I could draw that firearm and put a good two or three shots into that bear, um, knowing with that, with confidence that I'm going to hit what I'm aiming at. And, but that's, that's me. That's somebody that's been around bears a whole bunch. And that's, you know, my, when I see a bear, I don't get real scared or, or, amped up you know i'm thinking to myself this mm-hmm. is the this is the situation you're in this is this this is the certain steps that you need to take to get yourself out of this situation now another person that's never been around bears has that bear come charging them that's going to be a whole different story they're going to be scared they're probably not going to be able to to be efficient and and all the practice in the world is not going to help you if you're if you can't calm your nerves in that heat of that moment so um, I mean, I've been charged by a bear and I, and I've had to shoot one before. And when I, when it happened to me, it, it, there was at no point during the charge was I like, Oh no, it, to me, it was, here mm-hmm. it is. I, I need to shoot this bear right now. Like I need to kill this bear. And, and I did it and it wasn't a big deal. But like I say, if you're not used to them and you're, and you're scared of them, that's definitely going to be really hard. And that's probably where bear spray is going to help you a lot more. So you're going to, you're going to be able to spray that spray. It's going to cover a big area and, and your chance of turning that bear around is going to be a lot better than if you have a pistol. Now bear spray doesn't mm-hmm. work every time, you know, but a pistol also doesn't work if you don't hit them. So you know, it's, it's, it's about yeah. what, what you're efficient with. And I, like I said, I carry both just in case I, I start shooting and I don't kill that bear. I still have that bear spray to back me up. Yeah, I like the idea of both, and that's kind of what I carried up there as well. And I know a lot of people that will only carry bear spray. I just don't like the I don't like the the feeling of only having that one that one shot. Exactly. And then you know if I spray him and he you know freaking turns around or whatever and gets on my buddy, like then then what do I do? Like I just discharge my um, my bear spray and I don't have anything yep, else. Exactly. Or if you drop it or if you, 
whatever. It's nice to have both just in case something goes wrong. If you get tackled and you drop your gun and you have that way you have a backup or, you know, if you drop your bear spray, you still have that firearm to go for. So, you know, it's, yeah, definitely having both is not a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to somebody the other day, we were kind of going back and forth on it and, um, He's like, well, there's really nothing wrong with having a little bit of, even if it's like false security, you know, just that peace yeah. of mind. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Which, um, what bear fences do you guys use? I'm, I'm not, I guess I'm not sure. Um, they're all just solar powered. You know, we, we actually take up, um, we pack in electric fence posts and and use those and that that's really nice to be able to move around and we actually use the same fence um we have a few of them and we actually use the the same fence for our horse pen up there and then we can we can move that around um and so that they're not just trampling all the grass we can move them around so and you know that there, that's a false sense of security as well because if a bear comes in the middle of the night, they're gonna it's gonna blow all those horses right through that fence. Yeah. But, but uh, no, I'm, I guess I'm not sure on the on the exact brand. Yeah, yeah, I know UDAP makes one. Um, the only reason I know that is because I saw Nate Simmons using one, and okay. he was backpacking yeah. in with it. So that's an option for for backpackers. But I mean, a lot of you know, and we did all the horseback stuff as well. But a lot of what people are doing out there is pretty much all on horseback just I think a lot given how far you go in yeah I mean if you're in if you're in grizz country a lot of the time you're you're definitely on horseback I mean in our neck of the woods it's pretty hard to go anywhere uh deep without horses and you know if you're gonna go back there and kill an animal you need to be able to get out so that's yeah definitely but I know that there are some really nice products on on you know the market that people do just backpack in and if Nate Simmons is using it, it's probably worth yeah, looking yeah, at. Yeah, exactly. Um, what uh, what pistol are you are you taking with you? So I've been kind of back and forth the last couple of years. I've always carried a forty four. Um, I have just a Taurus forty four, and I carry it on my chest. That's another thing that I would tell people too is is having that pistol on your chest is a lot better um, than having it on your waist and you're not fighting it with your backpack strap and everything else. And if you fall down, you fall on your pistol. You can, you can bury your hands up underneath you and, and you can have that pistol still protected right on your chest and be able to get to it. Um, but yeah, I was, I, I was shooting the 44 and actually I went back and forth this season, but, um, I also have a 10 millimeter. Um, and I don't know, I've done a lot of reading, a lot of research and on some of that stuff. And, and, uh, you know, just, just having those extra rounds in that 10, 10 millimeters, I feel like it would make a difference, but you know, five well-placed 44 mag rounds is going to, is going to drop and it drop a grizzly bear for sure. So, um, but I would say, I would tell people just shoot what you're comfortable shooting. You know, you're, you're going to be a lot better with a 45 that you can shoot accurately and you can run very, very proficiently than you are with a, some hand cannon that you're afraid mm -hmm. to shoot. You know, if you can't shoot it well at the range, you're not, you're not going to be able to shoot it well in the heat of the moment. So I would just say, make sure that you shoot whatever you're comfortable with and practice with it, practice drawing it out of that holster fast, try, you know, practice hitting something bang, 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 you know, get, get something at close range and, you know, and a lot of, a lot of the guides that I know on Alaska are carrying little snub nose 
40, uh, 44s or 454s. Um, and their, their idea of it is that bear's going to be under 20 yards and I'm going to save the last one and put it right in his mouth, mm-hmm. you know? And so, you know, those little snub nose guns, you're not, you're not swinging around a big old barrel and you're not, you know, if you're in a fight with a bear, you have that tight little compact gun and and it's going to do a lot of damage. But I mean, for the most part, if you're getting charged by a grizzly, he's going to be yeah. really close. Um, that 10 millimeter, is that a Glock? Uh, yep. The one yeah, I, I think is, we, yep. we have the same one. The only thing I will say about a Glock is you have to make, especially if you're doing backpack hunts or back to back hunts, you have to make sure that that thing is clean because it'll, it'll jam up yep. on you. I came out, actually, I came out of, I think we did like a sheep hunt and then an elk hunt right back to back. And I came out and ended up shooting like a, I don't know, there was a raccoon or something out at home. And I shot it in that second, uh, that second round jammed because it, it was just dirty. So just got to make sure that, that things clean. Right. Well, and, and that's and that's the other thing. And and even even with like personal defense and everything, when you're in a fight, you don't have time for levers and racking around yeah. in and you know safeties and this and that. And that's why that's the beauty about revolvers. You grab that gun and you pull that trigger, and it's gonna go until mm-hmm. you stop pulling the trigger, you know, or until you run out of bullets. So, yeah, that the revolver is gonna be a lot more reliable in a in a heated situation rather than an auto loader. And but if you're going to shoot that, that semi-auto you need to Mm -hmm. practice with it, you need to be very proficient with it. If you're going to go into bear country with a semi-auto. So, yeah, totally agree. Well, man, I mean, that's basically kind of, I think we, we hit it really well. Like you just need to, um, you just need to really, you know, pay attention, be, you know, all the signs, be bear aware. Yeah. Well, yeah. And one other thing that I would say is, you know, if you're gutting an animal or you're working on an animal, you know, don't be proud. Take time, take your time and have your buddy standing there, have your buddy watching. You know, if you have your buddy hold a leg while while his head's on a swivel or her head's on a swivel, um, you know, and you're doing the rest of the work, just make sure somebody's watching. You know, I've been in this in situations where I was by myself in the woods and knowing that I was going to do, you know, 15 seconds worth of work and then look around and then 15 seconds worth of work and then look around. So just make sure, especially when you have an animal on the ground, make sure you're watching and you're paying attention and have fun. Yeah. yeah. And don't, I think just like we said in the beginning, don't let it, don't let that fear completely keep you from, from going out there and, and enjoying it, especially some of those big elk units, like that elk hunting in there is unreal sometimes. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. And not every bear is no. out to kill you. So, you know, enjoy, enjoy them, you know, watch them. Just, just don't surprise them and, you know, give them room and give them their space and they'll, they'll leave you alone and, you know, you don't have to worry mm-hmm. about it so much. So Yeah. Well, just sort of wrapping things up that, uh, that bear that you had to shoot, uh, do you mind kind of sharing a little bit about just kind of the situation, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. So it was a wounded bear. Um, we tracked in on it. It was right at dark and, it was obviously in Alaska and it was wounded and it did the, the, like you hear the stories of how wounded animals will make a circle and then come back on their track and wait for you Mm -hmm. because they know you're coming. And that's exactly what happened. We thought the bear was hit a lot better. It was a really, really heavy blood trail. Um, and so I just figured, you know, I, I saw the hit and, and it was with a bow and, I saw the hit and I knew that it was a good hit. And then there was lots of blood and I thought, Oh yeah. And usually those bears aren't going to go very far. Well, 
it, the bear started to go up a hill, turn 90 degrees. And I told the hunter, you know, like, watch out. He's going to be right here. He's going to be right here. And it wasn't five seconds later. And I heard him come crashing down the hill above us. And he had, he had gone, turned that 90 and then turned another 90 and then come in above us. And, um, you know, he was 30 yards charging straight downhill right on top of me. And I just pulled up and I actually had a rifle in my hand, but, but I pulled up and shot him with the rifle. So yeah, that's, uh, it's something when you're tracking animals, you know, that's the other thing too, is same as, as if you're gutting one, if you're tracking, don't just be looking down at the ground following blood. You need to have somebody looking ahead of you and somebody looking at the blood, like make sure that you have your eyes up. You don't want to just stumble into something in the, in the brush. So dude, nice. Um, do you think like in Wyoming, a lot of people are talking about those bears are getting used to when they hear a gunshot, they come. Have you experienced that part of it? Um, no, I guess I've, I've never experienced that. I know that they have data that's proven that, that they do that. Um, Mm -hmm. and I've heard of other hunters up around our country that have had that, that very thing happen, but I guess I've, I've never experienced that. Um, but a lot of the, a lot of the majority of the elk hunting that I do is archery as well. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. We, you just hear a lot of people talk about that, but we've never had one come in after a gunshot, but yeah, you always hear the, the dinner bell idea for sure. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Well, cool, man. Seriously. I appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your day and hopping on and talking about it. I think it's going to be good just to give some people maybe some, you know, well, ease of mind, I guess, just kind of ease. Yeah. Just if if we can add some confidence to to somebody's repertoire and get them out there and, you know, that's what it's all about for me is just inspiring people to get out in the outdoors. And, you know, if I can help people at all to do that, then I'm all about it. So yeah. Thanks for having me on Jordan. Always good. Heck yeah. Yeah, for sure. What's your Instagram handle? KCJ Outdoors. Look him up and uh, I'm sure you'll answer any questions that that uh, people have. And if you're looking for like a hunt in Alaska or a hunt in Wyoming, look him up and he can he can help you out. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it, Jordan. <laughs>